Hello everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Wiki Whisperer, Articles Aloud. My name is Adrian Kuro, and I will be your host. Now, this is a show where I select a Wikipedia article at random, or by request, and I read it in its entirety. Now, to keep with the spirit of authenticity, as if I was truly reading to you, I have decided to do this show in one take. No cuts, no edits. That means all stutters, misspoken words, and errors will be kept in, which I apologize for in advance. Today's article is about the 11th Airborne Division. Let's begin. The 11th Airborne Division, or the Arctic Angels, is a United States Army Airborne Formation based in Alaska. First activated on the 25th of February 1943 during World War II, it was held in reserve in the United States until June 1944 when it was transferred to the Pacific Theater where it saw combat in the Philippines. On August 30th, 1945, the division was sent to southern Japan as part of the occupation force where it remained for four years. One parachute infantry regiment was detached for service in the Korean War but on June 30th, 1958, the division was inactivated. In the summer of 2022, the U.S. Army Alaska Headquarters was redesignated as the 11th Airborne Division, and the two brigade combat teams in Alaska, the 1st Brigade Combat Team and 4th Brigade Combat Team 25th Infantry Division, were transferred to the 11th Airborne Division and redesignated as the 1st and 2nd Infantry Brigade Combat Team of the 11th Airborne Division. World War II Formation Inspired by the pioneering German uses of large-scale airborne formations during the Battle of France in 1940 and later the invasion of Crete in 1941, the various Allied powers decided to raise airborne units of their own. One of the resultant five American and two British airborne divisions, the 11th Airborne Division, was officially activated on February 25, 1943, at Camp McCall in North Carolina, under the command of Major General Joseph Swing. As formed, the division consisted of the 511th Parachute Infantry Regiment, the 187th Glider Infantry Regiment, and the 188th Glider Infantry Regiment, and with a complement of 8,321 men was around half the strength of a regular U.S. Infantry Division of World War II. The division initially remained in the United States for training, which in common with all airborne units was extremely arduous to befit their elite status. Training included lengthy forced marches, simulated parachute landings from 34 and 250 foot, 10 and 76 meter towers, and practice jumps from transport aircraft. Hesitancy in the doorway of an aircraft resulted in automatic failure for the candidate. The washout rate was high, but there was never a shortage of candidates, especially because in American airborne units, the rate of pay was much higher than that of an ordinary infantryman. Before training was complete, a debate developed in the U.S. Army over whether the best use of airborne forces was en masse or as small compact units. On July 9th, 1943, the first large-scale Allied airborne operation was carried out by elements of the U.S. 82nd Airborne Division and the British 1st Airborne Division, 
in support of the Allied invasion of Sicily, codename Operation Husky. The 11th Airborne Division Commanding General, Swing, was temporarily transferred to act as Airborne Advisor to General Dwight D. Eisenhower for the operation and observe the airborne assault, which went badly. The 82nd Airborne Division had been in certain had been inserted by parachute and glider and had suffered high casualties, leading to a perception that it had failed to achieve many of its objectives. Swing Board Eisenhower reviewed the airborne role in Operation Husky and concluded that large-scale formations were too difficult to control in combat to be practical. Lieutenant General Leslie J. McNair, the overall commander of Army Ground Forces, had similar misgivings. Once an airborne supporter, he had been greatly disappointed by the performance of airborne units in North Africa and more recently Sicily. However, other high-ranking officers, including the Army Chief of Staff, George Marshall, believed otherwise. Marshall persuaded Eisenhower to set up a review board and to withhold judgment until the outcome of a large-scale maneuver planned for December 1943 could be assessed. When Swing returned to the United States to resume command of the 11th Airborne in mid-September 1943, he was given the role of preparing the exercise. McNair ordered him to form a committee, the Swing Board, composed of United States Army Air Forces, USAAF, parachute, glider infantry, and artillery officers, whose arrangements for the maneuver would effectively decide the fate of divisional-sized airborne forces. As the 11th Airborne Division was in reserve in the United States and had not yet been earmarked for combat, the swing board selected it as the test formation. The maneuver would additionally provide the 11th Airborne and its individual units with further training, as had occurred several months previously in an earlier large-scale exercise conducted by the 101st and the 82nd Airborne Divisions. Quote, I do not believe in the Airborne Division. I believe that airborne troops should be reorganized in self-contained units comprising infantry, artillery, and special services, all about the strength of a regimental combat team. To employ at any time and place a whole division would require a dropping over such an extended area that I seriously doubt that a division commander could regain control and operate the scattered forces as one unit." End quote. That was the conclusion of General Eisenhower's review of the performance of American airborne forces during Operation Husky. Knollwood Maneuver The 11th Airborne, as the attacking force, was assigned the objective of capturing Knollwood Army Auxiliary Airfield near Fort Bragg in North Carolina. The force defending the airfield and its environs was a combat team composed of elements of the 17th Airborne Division and a battalion from the 541st Parachute Infantry Regiment. The entire operation was observed by McNair, who would ultimately have a significant say in deciding the fate of the Parachute Infantry Divisions. The Knollwood Maneuver took place on the night of 7th of December, 1943, with the 11th Airborne Division being airlifted to 13 separate objectives by 200 C-47 Skytrain transport aircraft and 234 Waco CG-4A gliders. The transport aircraft were divided into four groups, two of which carried paratroopers while the other two towed gliders. Each group took off from a different airfield in the Carolinas. 
the four groups deployed a total of 4,800 troops in the first wave. 85% were delivered to their targets without navigational error, and the airborne troops seized the Knollwood Army Auxiliary Airfield and secured the landing area for the rest of the division before daylight. With its initial objectives taken, the 11th Airborne Division then launched a coordinated ground attack against a reinforced infantry regiment and conducted several aerial resupply and casualty evacuation missions in coordination with USAAF transport aircraft. The exercise was judged by observers to be a great success. McNair, pleased by its results, attributed this success to the great improvements in airborne training that had been implemented in the months following Operation Husky. As a result of the Knollwood Maneuver, division-sized airborne forces were deemed to be feasible and Eisenhower permitted their retention. Late. Following the Knollwood Maneuver, the 11th Airborne remained in reserve until January 1944, when it was moved by train from Camp McCall to Camp Polk in Louisiana. After four weeks of final preparation for its combat role, in April the division was moved to Camp Stoneman, California, and then transferred to Milne Bay, Papua New Guinea, between 25th of May and 11th of June. From June to September, the division underwent acclimatization and continued its airborne training, conducting parachute drops in the New Guinea jungle and around the airfield in Dobodura. During this period, most of the glider troops became parachute qualified, making the division almost fully airborne. On 11th of November, the division boarded a convoy of naval transports and was escorted to Leyte in the Philippines, arriving on the 18th of November. Four days later, it was attached to 24th Corps and committed to combat, but operating as an infantry division rather than in an airborne capacity. The 11th Airborne was ordered to relieve the 7th Infantry Division, stationed in the Broren La Paz Bugo area, engage and destroy all Japanese forces in its operational area and protect 24th Corps rear area supply dumps and airfields. Swing ordered the 187th Glider Infantry Regiment GIR to guard the rear installations of 24th Corps, while the 188th GIR was to secure the division's rear and conduct aggressive patrols to eliminate any enemy troops in the area. The 511th Parachute Infantry Regiment PIR was assigned the task of destroying all Japanese formations in the division's operational area, which it began on 28th of November, when it relieved the 7th Infantry. The 511th PIR advanced overland with two battalions abreast and the third in reserve, but progress proved slow in the face of fierce Japanese resistance, a lack of mapped trails, and heavy rainfall, with more than 23 inches or 580 millimeters falling in November alone. As the advance continued resupply became progressively more difficult, the division resorted to using large numbers of Piper Club aircraft to drop food and ammunition. Several attempts were made to improve the rate of advance, such as dropping platoons of the 187th GIR from Piper Cubs in front of the 511th PIR to reconnoiter using C-47 transport aircraft to drop artillery pieces to the regiment's location when other forms of transport, such as mule trains, failed. On the 6th of December, the Japanese tried to disrupt operations on late by conducting two small-scale airborne raids, 
the first attempted to deploy a small number of Japanese airborne troops to occupy several key American-held airfields at Tacloban and Dulag, but failed when the three aircraft used were either shot down, crash-landed, or destroyed on the ground along with their passengers. A second, larger raid was carried out between 29th and 39th transport aircraft supported by fighters. Despite heavy losses, the Japanese managed to drop a number of airborne troops around Burar... Burarwin? Burarwin Airfield, where the headquarters of 11th Airborne Division were located. Five L-5 Sentinel reconnaissance aircraft and one C-47 transport were destroyed, but the raiders were eliminated by an ad hoc combat group of artillerymen, engineers, and support troops led by Swig. The 511th PIR was reinforced by the 2nd Battalion, 187th GIR, and continued its slow but steady progress. On the 17th of December, it broke through the Japanese lines and arrived at the western shoreline of late, linking up with elements of the 32nd Infantry Division. It was during this period that Private Elmer E. Fryer earned a posthumous Medal of Honor when he helped to repel a counterattack personally killing 27 Japanese soldiers before being mortally wounded by a sniper. The regiment was ordered to set up temporary defensive positions before being relieved on 25th December by the 1st Battalion, 187th GIR, and the 2nd Battalion, 188th GIR, who would themselves incur considerable casualties against a heavily dug-in enemy. The 511th PIR was reassembled at its original base camp in late on the 15th of January, 1945. Luzon On 22nd of January, the division was placed on alert for an operation on the island of Luzon to the north of Leyte. Five days later, the 187th and 118th Glider Infantry Regiments were embarked for Luzon by sea, while the 511th Parachute Infantry Regiment flew by C-46 Commando transport aircraft to Mindoro. At dawn on June 31st, at dawn on the 35th of January, the 118th GIR led an amphibious assault near Nesubu in southern Luzon. Supported by a short naval barrage, A-20 Havoc light bombers, and P-38 Lightning fighter aircraft, a beachhead was established in the face of light Japanese resistance. The regiment moved rapidly to secure Nesubu, after which its first battalion advanced up the island's arterial highway 17 to deny the Japanese time to establish defensives further inland. The 2nd Battalion moved south, crossing the River Leon and securing the division's right flank. By 10.30, elements of the 188th had pushed deep into southern Luzon, creating the space for the 187th GIR to come ashore. The 188th's 2nd Battalion was relieved and the regiment continued its advance, reaching the River Palico by 14.30 and securing a vital bridge before it could be destroyed by Japanese combat engineers. Following Highway 17 to Tumalin, the regiment began to encounter heavier Japanese resistance. At midnight, the 187th took over the lead, and the two glider infantry regiments rested briefly before tackling the main Japanese defensive lines. These consisted of trenches linked to bunkers and fortified caves, and were manned by several hundred infantry with numerous artillery pieces in support. At nine, 
On 1st of February, the glider infantry launched their assault, and by midday had managed to break through the first Japanese position. They spent the rest of the day conducting mopping up operations. On the morning of 2nd of February, the second line was breached, and by midnight, the 188th had broken a third. The divisional reconnaissance platoon was now in the vicinity of Tagete Ridge, the intended site of the 188th the intended site of the 511th Parachute Infantry Regiment's first combat drop. The 511th's airborne operation had originally been scheduled for 2nd of February, but with Swing's insistence that the drop was only to go ahead if his ground forces were in range to offer support, the dogged Japanese resistance encountered delayed the operation. With only 48 C-47s available, the 511th was forced to deploy in three waves. The regimental staff, the 2nd Battalion, and half of the 3rd Battalion would drop first. The rest of the regiment would arrive in the 2nd lift, and the 457th Parachute Field Artillery Battalion would drop in the 3rd. At 3 on the 3rd of February, the troops of the 1st lift entered their transport plants, and at 7, the 1st transports left Mindoro. Protected by an escort of P-61 Black Widow Night Fighters, on arriving over Luzon, they followed Highway 17 to Tagate Ridge. The ridge itself was an open space some 2,000 yards, or 1,800 meters, long, and 4,000 yards, or 3,700 meters, wide. Plowed in places, and had been largely cleared of Japanese troops by local Filipino soldiers and recognized guerrillas. At 8.15, the first echelon of the first lift, approximately 345 men, successfully parachuted into the drop zone. The second echelon, consisting of approximately 570 men, were dropped prematurely and landed about 8,000 yards, or 7,300 meters, to the east. The next lift also encountered problems, with 425 men dropping correctly, but another 1,325 dropping early due to pilot error and poor jump discipline. However, the entire regiment was assembled within five hours of the first landings. After overcoming minor Japanese resistance, by 1500, by 1500 hours, the 511th had made contact with the 188th and 187th, and the entire division was once again assembled as a single formation. The ridge having been cleared of its remaining defenders, the division began to advance towards Manila, with the National Highway in Silang, Dasmarinas, Imus, and Bacor were cleared by Phil-American guerrilla forces, FACGF, under General Mariano Castanda, and reaching the Paranac River by 2100. The city was, the city was protected by the Genko Line, a major Japanese defensive belt that stressed a major Japanese defensive belt that stretched along Manila's southern edge. The line consisted of approximately 1,200 two to three-story deep blockhouses, many of which emplaced naval guns or large caliber mortars. Entrenched heavy anti-aircraft weapons, machine gun nests, and booby traps made of naval bombs completed the defenses, which were manned by around 6,000 Japanese soldiers. The 11th Airborne Division was ordered to breach the Genko Line and drive into Manila. 
where it would link up with other American forces attacking the city from the north. All three regiments were committed to the assault. During the advance of Manila, the division's chief of staff, Colonel Irvin R. Shimilpfennig III was killed by Japanese small arms fire on February 4th and posthumously awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. Spearheading the division's attack on February 5th, the 511th overcame fierce resistance and broke the crust of the Japanese position, but was soon relieved by the 188th. As the glider regiment took up the push westwards in the face of heavy opposition, the 511th changed their axis of advance and attempted to move into the city from the south. By the 11th of February, the division had penetrated as far as Nichols Field, an airfield that formed the center of the Genko Line. This was heavily fortified with a number of entrenched naval guns and a series of bunkers. After a short artillery bombardment on the morning of February 12th, the 187th 2nd Battalion attacked the airfield's northwest corner, while the 1st Battalion and the entire 188th Regiment moved in from the south and southeastern corners. This pincer movement succeeded in taking the airfield and, despite a local counterattack, by nightfall the position was secured. The following day, the division thrust towards Fort William McKinley, the headquarters of Rear Admiral Iwabuchi commander of the Japanese defenders on Luzon. It was during this advance that Private First Class Manuel Perez Jr. neutralized several Japanese bunkers which were impeding the division's progress, capturing one single-handedly and killing 18 Japanese soldiers. Perez was killed by a sniper a month later in South Luzon and posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. On the 15th of February, the 1st Battalion of the 187th along with other American units, launched an attack on Mabato Point. This was an extremely heavily fortified position, featuring the same defensive measures as the Genko Line, and it would take six days of hard fighting, multiple airstrikes, and the frequent use of napalm and heavy artillery before the point was secured. Meanwhile, having taken heavy casualties on its approach to Fort McKinley, particularly when the Japanese detonated a quantity of buried naval depth charges. On the 17th of February, the rest of the 11th Airborne Division assaulted the fort. The 511th led the break-in, and by the 18th of February, the area had been cleared of its defenders. Sporadic fighting continued in Manila until March 3rd, when all organized Japanese resistance ended. The commander of the 511th, Colonel Oren D. Hardrock Hagen, died of shrapnel wounds sustained during the Battle of Manila on February 22nd. Raid at Los Baños A large number of civilian prisoners had been detained by the Japanese on Luzon, mostly in internment camps scattered throughout the island. The largest of these was located on the campus of the Agricultural College of the Philippines at Los Baños some 40 miles, or 64 kilometers, southeast of Manila. General Douglas MacArthur had tasked the 11th Airborne Division with rescuing the Los Baños internees on the 3rd of February, but the division's ongoing combat operations around the Genko Line left it unable to divert any resources at that time. All that could be accomplished during February was to gather information, primer, 
primarily through liaison with the guerrilla troops operating in southern Luzon and around Los Banos. Swing and his command staff were briefed daily by the officer working with the guerrilla troops, Major Vanderpool. From the guerrillas and a few civilians that had escaped the camp, Vanderpool established that it was surrounded by two barbed wire fences approximately six feet tall. Several guard towers and bunkers dotted, dotted its perimeter, each containing at least two guards. Prisoners left each morning under armed guard to gather food supplies and firewood from a nearby town. Vanderpool was informed that the camp's population consisted of American civilians in three distinct groups. Protestant missionaries and their families, Roman Catholic nuns and priests, and professional workers such as doctors and engineers and their families. The latter group included several hundred women and children. While all the inmates appeared to be in good health, many had become weak from food rationing. On the 20th of February, Swing was finally able to release sufficient troops for a raid on the Los Banos camp, and a four-phase plan was devised by Vanderpool and the divisional staff officers. The divisional reconnaissance platoon would travel across a nearby lake and move to the outskirts of the camp, securing a large adjacent field as the drop zone for a company of paratroopers. Having landed, the paratroopers would eliminate Japanese resistance in the area, secure the camp, and prepare for its evacuation. 54 amphibious Amtraks would support two additional companies of paratroopers to the lakeshore, where a, beached, where a beachhead would be established while the Amtraks continued to the camp to evacuate its occupants. Simultaneously, a task force consisting of a reinforced infantry battalion, two battalions of heavy artillery, and a tank destroyer battalion would advance down Highway 1 towards Los Banos to interdict any Japanese attempts to interfere. Assisted by a group of guerrillas on the night of the 21st of February, the divisional reconnaissance platoon made their way to the lake and collected 10 canoes. Despite navigational difficulties, the platoon came ashore near Los Banos at 2 the following morning, and after securing the paratroopers' drop zone, concealed themselves in the jungle near the camp. During the afternoon, B Company of the 1st Battalion, 511th PIR, was transferred to the airfield from which they would be deployed, while the rest of the battalion rendezvoused with the Amtrak envoy. At 7 on the morning of the 23rd of February, B Company took off in 10 C-47s, arriving over their drop zone shortly afterwards. As the first paratroopers landed, the reconnaissance platoon and the supporting guerrilla fighters opened fire on the camp's defenses, using bazooka rounds to penetrate the concrete pillboxes, and then entered the camp to engage its garrison. The paratroopers soon joined the battle, and by 7.30 the Japanese guards had been overcome and the internees were being rounded up and readied for evacuation. At the lakeshore, the 511th's other two companies had secured their beachhead, and the convoy of Amtraks reached the camp without incident. Priority during loading was given to the women, children, and wounded. Some of the able-bodied men walked along the Amtraks as they returned to the beach. The first evacuation convoy left the camp at approximately 10, with B Company, the reconnaissance platoon, and the guerrillas remaining behind to provide a rear guard. To provide a rear guard. By 11.30, all of the civilians had been evacuated, and at 1300 hours, 
the Amtrak convoy returned to the rear guard, with the last paratroopers leaving the beach at approximately 1,500 hours. Meanwhile, on Highway 1, the task force that had been deployed to protect the operation met heavy Japanese resistance and suffered several casualties, but was able to block Japanese forces that advanced on the camp before retreating back to American lines. The raid had been a complete success, liberating 2,147 civilians. Southern Luzon and Tapari. On the day that the Los Banos internees were freed, the headquarters of 6th United States Army assigned the 11th Airborne Division to the task of destroying all Japanese formations in southern Luzon, south of Manila. The bulk of the division moved south the following day, with the 187th GIR and the 511th PIR advancing abreast. The 188th GIR was, was detached from the main advance by swing, it was to eliminate all Japanese units still operating in the Pico de Loro Hills along the southern shore of Manila Bay. These forces belonged to the 80,000-strong Shimbu Group, one of three groups of the Japanese 14th Ar Area Army, under General Tomoyuki Yamashita. It would take until the end of April for the 11th Airborne Division, often acting in conjunction with Filipino soldiers, the recognized guerrillas and elements of the 1st Cavalry Division, to subdue the Shimbu group. Conducting combat operations was extremely difficult in the mountainous terrain, and many Japanese units elected to fight to their death rather than surrender. However, all organized resistance in southern Luzon ended on the 1st of May, when the division captured Mount Malipuño near the city of Lipa. The 11th Airborne established a base centered around the former Japanese airstrip on the outskirts of Lipa, the runway of which was lengthened by the 127th Airborne Engineered Battalion to accommodate C-47s. Once the engineering work was complete, the division's combat troops participated in several refresher training courses. The 11th Airborne's next operation took place on the 23rd of June in the province of Apari in northern Luzon. By this time, the only Japanese forces remaining on the island were positioned to the far north and belonged to the 52,000-strong Shobu group. This last of General Yamashita's three groups proved to be the most tenacious, forcing Lieutenant General Walter Kruger, commander of the 6th United States Army, to commit four infantry divisions, an armored task force, and a large band of the Filipino-recognized guerrillas. While these forces pinned down the Japanese, the 37th Infantry Division began in advance northwards, defeating a weaker formation and encircling the main Japanese force. To ensure the success of the 37th Drive, Brewer called for an airborne force to land near Apari and move southwards to meet the advancing 37th. The 11th Airborne Division was to drop a battalion-sized combat team on Chamalinugan Airfield, approximately 10 miles or 16 kilometers south of Apari. It would then advance southwards eliminating all Japanese resistance, until it linked up with the leading elements of the 37th Infantry Division. To accomplish this, Swing formed a special unit, Gypsy Task Force, comprising the 1st Battalion of the 511th Parachute Infantry Regiment, G and I Companies of the Regiment's 2nd Battalion, an artillery battery from the 457th Parachute Field Artillery Battalion, 
and a platoon of engineers and miscellaneous signal and medical detachments. Gypsy Task Force would be transported by 54 C-47s and 13 C-46s aircraft, as well as six Waco CG-4A gliders, which would land jeeps and supplies for the task force. On the 24th of June, a detachment of Pathfinders from the division was flown in to secure Kamalanugan Airfield, and two days later, the transport aircraft carrying the troops of Gypsy Task Force were escorted by fighters to the area. At 9, the Pathfinder detachment set off colored smoke to mark the drop zone, but fierce winds and uneven ground around the airfield proved hazardous to the parachutists, causing two deaths and 70 injuries during the drop. Despite these casualties, the force was rapidly concentrated and began its advance southwards. Japanese resistance was stiff, forcing the airborne troops to rely on flamethrowers to eliminate bunkers and fortifications along their route. After three days of fighting, and having eliminated a significant portion of Shobu Group, the task force encountered the lead elements of the 37th Infantry Division. Although Shobu Group would continue its resistance until September, its encirclement marked the 11th Airborne Division's final combat operation of the war. Casualties Total battle casualties, 2,431. Killed in action, 494. Died of wounds and injuries, 120. Wounded in action, 1,926. Missing in action, 11. Awards. During World War II, the division and its members were awarded the following awards. 13 Distinguished Unit Citations. Two Medals of Honor for Private Elmer E. Fryer and Private First Class Manuel Perez, Jr., both killed in action. Nine Distinguished Service Crosses, 432 Silver Stars, 10 Legions of Merit, 56 Soldiers Medals, 1,515 Bronze Star Medals, and 41 Air Medals. Post-World War II, Occupation of Japan. MacArthur made plans to use the 11th Airborne Division in the invasion of Japan. It was to remain as 6th Army's operational reserve, to be committed if required. However, with the end of hostilities in the Pacific Theater due to the surrender of Japan, the division was instead selected by MacArthur to lead the American forces that would occupy Japan. The divisional staff received orders to this effect on August 11, 1945 and the division was transported to Okinawa on the 12th of August, an operation that involved 99 B-24 Liberator bombers, 350 C-46s, and 150 C-47s to airlift 11,100 men, 120 vehicles, and approximately 1.16 million pounds, or 530,000 kilograms of equipment. The 11th Airborne remained on Okinawa for several weeks before, on August 28th. It was ordered to land at Atsugi Airfield outside of Yokohama on the main Japanese home island of Honshu. Its instructions were to secure the surrounding area and evacuate all Japanese civilians and military personnel within a radius of 3 miles or 4.8 kilometers and finally occupy Yokohama itself. A large number of C-54 Skymaster transport aircraft were made available, 
with the 1st carrying Swing and his divisional staff, landing at Atsugi Airfield at 0600 hours on August 30th. It took a week to fully assemble the division, and by the 13th of September, it had been joined by the 27th Infantry Division, which was airlifted into Japan at the same time. The 11th Airborne Division was later moved from Yokohama to northern Japan and established camps along the coast of Honshu and on the island of Hokkaido. Occupation duties in Japan continued until May 1949, when the 11th Airborne was relieved and recalled to the United States. The division was transferred to Camp Campbell in Kentucky and remained a combat formation ready to deploy worldwide. During the early 1950s, the Angels conducted several large-scale training operations in Alaska, such as Exercise Snowbird. Angels descended near Mount McKinley on the first day from C-119s over the Arctic region. Inactivated at Camp Anza, California in December 1945, it was reactivated and redesignated as the 503rd Airborne Infantry Regiment in February 1951 assigned to the 11th Airborne Division at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Following the departure of the 187th Airborne Infantry Regiment to Korea as a separate airborne regimental combat team. In 1956, the 503rd went with the rest of the 11th Airborne Division to posts in southeastern Germany. Korean War Training continued until the outbreak of the Korean War in 1950. For service in Korea, the 187th Glider Infantry Regiment, now renamed the 187th Airborne Infantry Regiment, and the 674th Airborne Field Artillery Battalion, were detached from the division and reformed as a separate regimental combat team, RCT. The 187th made successful combat parachute assaults near the towns of Sukchon and Suncheon, north of the North Korean capital of Pyongyang, as part of the Battle of Yongju. The published purpose of that drop was to capture members of the North Korean government fleeing Pyongyang and also to free American POWs being moved towards the Chinese border. However, neither objective was realized. The regiment later fought against North Korean and Chinese forces at Suwon, Wonju, Kaesong, Munsan-ni, and Inje. During the winter of 1950, the 187th was caught up in the Chinese second phase offensive and fought in the Battle of Chongjun River. The 187th led the last parachute assault in Korea on the 23rd of March 1951 as part of Operation Tomahawk and took part in the UN May through June 1951 counteroffensive. It redeployed to Japan on the 26th of June 1951, where it became a strategic reserve but returned to Korea on the 24th of May, 1952, to assist in the suppression of the prisoner rebellion at the Jioge POW camp, where prisoners had forcibly seized and held Brigadier General Francis Dodd, Cap Commandant, hostage for four days from May 7, 1952. After this, it once more returned to Japan on October the 18th, 1952, and made its final return to Korea on June 22, 1954. The unit returned to the United States in July 1955. Four members of the 187th were awarded the Medal of Honor 
for their actions in the Korean War. Corporal Lester Hammond Jr. killed in action. Corporal Rodolfo P. Hernandez wounded in action. Corporal Joe R. Baldonado killed in action. And Private First Class Richard G. Wilson killed in action. Operation Gyroscope and First Inactivation The 11th Airborne Division was sent to Germany in early 1956 as part of Operation Gyroscope to replace the 5th Infantry Division stationed in Augsburg and Munich. As the division was en route, the 187th RCT was relocated to Fort Campbell, taking over the camps that the 11th had recently vacated. In July that year, the 187th, along with the 508th ARC, was transferred to the newly reactivated 101st Airborne Division. As the American Army began to restructure its organization, known as the Pentomic Concept, the battalions of the 187th were reorganized as airborne battle groups. In early 1957, the lineage of Company A, 187th AAR, was redesignated as HHC, 1st Airborne Battle Group, 187th Infantry, and administratively transferred less personnel and equipment to Augsburg to join its former parent formation, where it was formed from the existing personnel and equipment of the 11th Airborne Division. HHC, 2nd Airborne Battle Group, 187th Infantry, formed from the lineage of Company B, 187th AAR, renamed with the 101st until 1964, while the 3rd Battalion was inactivated. The 11th Division was itself inactivated in Augsburg on July 1st, 1958, being reorganized and reflagged as the 24th Infantry Division. The 1st ABG, 187th Infantry, and the 1st ABG, 503rd Infantry, retained their airborne designations and jump status within the two, within the 24th until both groups rotated back to the U.S. for assignment to the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. 11th Air Assault Division Test In 1960, Lieutenant General Gordon B. Rogers chaired the Army Aircraft Requirements Review Board it recommended selection of the UH-1 Huey and CH-47 Chinook helicopters as primary airlift capability for the U.S. Army. The board also recommended that an operational use study be considered and mentioned the possibility of creating a unit to test operational concepts. Defense Secretary Robert S. McNamara, Lieutenant General Hamilton H. Howes, the Army's first Director of Aviation, to implement the study. McNamara handpicked the board members and prevented Secretary of the Army Elvis Jacob Starr Jr. in what many considered a slap in the face from nominating anyone. The House Board released its findings on August 20, 1962. It proposed huge changes in Army doctrine. Quote, Adoption of the Army of the Airmobile concept, however imperfectly it may be described and justified in this report, is necessary and desirable. In some respects, the transition is inevitable, just as was that from animal mobility to motor." End quote. To test the concept of helicopter assault, 
the 11th Airborne Division was reactivated at Fort Benning on the 1st of February 1963 and redesignated as the 11th Air Assault Division test as a unit of the regular army. The 10th Air Transport Brigade was formed around an existing aviation battalion at Fort Benning to manage and fly the helicopters assigned to the division. The 11th Aviation Group was created, consisting of the 227th, 228th, and 229th Aviation Battalions. Elements of its original combat units, the 187th Infantry, the 188th Infantry, and the 511th Infantry, were reformed under the new division. The group also included the 11th Aviation Company, General Support, 17th Aviation Company, Air Mobile, Air Mobile Light, and 478th Aviation Company, Heavy Helicopter. Under the leadership of Major General Charles W.G. Rich, the test director, and Brigadier General Harry W.O. Kennard, the division commander, the group developed an organizational structure and plans for a unit that can move one-third of the division's infantry battalions and supporting units in one single helicopter lift. The 11th Air Assault Division developed and refined air assault tactics and the equipment required to operate effectively in the role. The 187th and 188th tested helicopters during various exercises, ranging from command and control maneuvers to scouting, screening, and aerial resupply, to assess their ability to perform as combat aircraft. In September 1963, Air Assault 1 exercises tested the air mobility concept at the battalion level at Fort Stewart in Georgia. Air Assault 2, a much larger exercise, was conducted across two states in October 1964. The 11th Air Assault Division operated against the 82nd Airborne Division and the 11th thoroughly dominated the exercise. The 11th was not constituted as full division. The 11th was not constituted Excuse me. The 11th was not constituted as a full division during the test period. Although the intent was to create three air assault brigades, the test division included an air assault brigade, which was also parachute qualified, an airmobile brigade, and both ground and a new air artillery element provided by helicopters known as ARA. When the test was concluded, the assets of the 11th Air Assault Division test the 10th Air Transport Brigade and the 2nd Infantry Division were merged into a single unit. On the 29th of June, 1965, the colors and subordinate unit designations of the 1st Cavalry Division were transferred from its post in Korea to Fort Benning. On the 3rd of July, 1965, the 11th Air Assault Division test was inactivated and its colors cased. The 1st Cavalry Division Air Mobile colors were moved into the field at an I think that's a typo. Were moved onto the field at in Doughboy Stadium and passed to the commander of the former 11th Air Assault Division, Major General Kennard. At the same time, the personnel and units of this 1st Cavalry Division that remained in Korea were reflagged as a new 2nd Infantry Division. On the 29th of July, 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson ordered the 1st Cavalry Division 
Air Mobile to Vietnam. Air Assault Badge An earlier predecessor to the current Air Assault Badge, the original Air Assault Badge was worn by troops of the 11th who qualified for it, making three helicopter repels from 60 feet or 18 meters and three from 120 feet or 37 meters. Soldiers were also required to be knowledgeable of aircraft safety procedures, familiar with aircraft orientation, proficient in hand and arm signals and combat assault operations, able to prepare, inspect and rig equipment for external sling loads, and able to lash down equipment inside helicopters. The badge was first awarded in early 1964 and was authorized for wear by soldiers within the 11th Air Assault Division test. 21st Century On the 5th of May, 2022, during a hearing of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Army Secretary Christine Wormuth and Army Chief of Staff General James McConville announced that U.S. Army Alaska would be reflagged as the 11th Airborne Division. According to Wormuth and McConville, the goals of the redesignation are to give the Alaska-based forces a better sense of purpose and identify a better sense of purpose and identity during a time of a spike in suicides. The redesignation is also meant to give a focus to the Army's Arctic strategy. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska said, quote, This is a historic development for our Alaska-based military. Redesignating U.S. Army Alaska under the 11th Airborne Division banner presents a dual opportunity for our country renewing the spirit and purpose of our Alaska-based soldiers by connecting them with this division's proud and storied history, and better fulfilling America's role as an Arctic nation." End quote. Major General Brian S. Eifler, the 11th Airborne Division's commanding general, has shared with the press the basic outline of the division stating, quote, there's no other formation that's going to look like it, nor have the same mission, end quote. On June 6, 2022, during separate ceremonies, the 1st Striker Brigade Combat Team and 4th Infantry Brigade Combat Team Airborne, 25th Infantry Division, were reflagged to the 1st Infantry Brigade Combat Team and 2nd Infantry Brigade Combat Team Airborne, 11th Airborne Division, respectively. All units from the former U.S. Army Alaska were absorbed under the new division. It was also announced that the 1st Infantry Brigade would divest its strikers. Following these changes, the brigade would test several new vehicles to include the cold-weather all-terrain vehicle, the Cat-V, to replace the former strikers. The division's 2nd Brigade would remain largely unchanged. According to M.G. Eifler, the division will take time to be fully realized, but force structure currently consists of the following units. 11th Airborne Division, also known as the Arctic Angels. Headquarters and Headquarters Company consists of the 11th Airborne Division brand, Northern Warfare Training Center, and Non-Commissioned Officers Academy. 1st Infantry Brigade Combat Team, or Arctic Wolves, located at Fort Wainwright, Alaska, consists of Headquarters and Headquarters Company, Dire Wolves, 5th Squadron, 1st Cavalry Regiment, Reconnaissance Surveillance and Target, Acquis and Target Acquisition, Blackhawk. 
1st Battalion, 5th Infantry Regiment, Bobcat. 1st Battalion, 24th Infantry Regiment, Legion. 2nd Battalion, 8th Field Artillery Regiment, Automatic. 70th Brigade Engineer Battalion, Kodiak. And 25th Brigade Support Battalion, Opahe. 2nd Infantry Brigade Combat Team, Airborne, or the Spartans, located at Joint Base Almendorf Richardson in Alaska consists of Headquarters and Headquarters Company, 1st Squadron, 40th Cavalry Regiment, Denali, 1st Battalion, 501st Infantry Regiment, 3rd Battalion, 509th Infantry Regiment, 2nd Battalion, 377th Field Air Artillery, Artillery Regiment, 6th Brigade Engineer Battalion, Oak, and 725th Brigade Support Battalion, Centurion. The 17th Combat Support Sustainment Battalion, Aviation Task Force, located at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson, Alaska, consists of 1st Battalion, 25th Aviation Regiment, Attack Reconnaissance, and 1st Battalion, 52nd Aviation Regiment, General Support. Along with the reactivation of the 11th Airborne Division on 25th of April 2022, the G-1 of the U.S. Army authorized the wear of the Arctic tab by soldiers assigned to organizations in Alaska as a temporary wear tab with specific SSIs. This means 11th Airborne Division soldiers will be the first U.S. Army unit to be authorized two unit designation tabs with their SSI, the Airborne tab and Arctic tab. Previous Commanders Division activated February 1943 Joseph M. Swing February 1943 to January 1948 William Miley January 1948 to January 1950 Lyman L. L. Lemnitzer January 1950 to November 1951 Wayne C. Smith November 1951 to January 1952. Ridgely Gaither, January 1952 to April 1953. Wayne C. Smith, April 1953 to May 1955. Daryl McDaniel, May 1955 to September 1956. Hugh P. Harris, October 1956 to April 1958 and Ralph Cooper May, 1958 to May 1958 to June 1958. Division inactivated in June 1958. Division was reactivated as Air Assault Testing Division, where it was commanded by Harry W. O. Kennard from 1963 to 1965. Notable members. Rod Serling, former 11th Airborne Division paratrooper and creator of the Twilight Zone TV series. Lori Torney, a.k.a. Major Larry Thorne, a former 11th Airborne Division soldier who was killed on a 1965 covert MACV SOG mission in Vietnam. Darwin Gross, 1928-2008, former 11th Airborne Division soldier who was a former leader of Ekankar, Vernon Baker, former 11th Airborne Division soldier who fought in World War II with the 92nd Infantry Division, recipient of the Medal of Honor. And Charles Napier, 
actor. After graduating from high school, he enlisted in the United States Army in 1954, serving with the 511th Infantry Regiment, 11th Airborne Division, and rising to the rank of sergeant. Notable roles include Something Wild, 1986, Married to the Mob, 1988, The Silence of the Lambs, 1991, Philadelphia, 1993, Beloved, 1998, and The Manchurian Candidate, 2004. Other notable roles include the short-tempered country singer Tucker McElroy in The Blues Brothers, gruff Army Commander Gilmore in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and bureaucratic CIA officer Marshall Murdoch in Rambo First Blood Part 2. And that will be all for tonight on this article of the 11th Airborne Division, brought to you by me, your host, Adrian Curro, on the first ever episode of Wiki Whisperers. Articles Aloud. If you enjoyed this recording, please consider liking and following on whatever audio platform you may be listening to. And as a personal message, thank you for listening. This is a creative side project I have decided to start merely because I've had multiple people throughout my life tell me I have a nice voice for reading stories. So, why shouldn't I read stories for people? If you have any recommendations on how I could improve my audio recording and or format, if you have any requests for what article you would like me to read next, or if you would merely like to send some words of encouragement, please feel free to do so by emailing me at wikiwhisperer at gmail.com. That is spelled W-I-K-I-W-H-I-S-P-E-R-E-R at gmail.com. All of this information was found on wikipedia.com and is available for free use under the Creative Commons license. And again, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.